Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,841. Today we're playing with Hot Wheels. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Potomac, Maryland, with a very special guest by the name of Bruce Pascal. Hey, Bruce, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear? I should say, do you have your Hot Wheels in hand, or are you ready to let it roll? I'm ready to let it roll, go down the orange track. Absolutely. We're going to have some fun today. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and I explain to the listeners why we're playing with Hot Wheels today, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Bruce? Well, my grandfather was the automotive historian for the National Archives in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, oh my and was the foremost authority on the history of the, as what he called it, the foremost authority of the horseless carriage during his entire lifetime. Well, boy, those are some genes. <laughs> Three generations down, and here I am. Yeah, that's fascinating. Oh, my gosh. Well, the stories, you know, and, and what he saw in the history, my gosh, that, that's pretty darn cool. In the 1940s, my grandfather thought the automobile uh, will be the revolutionary of the world, that it will just change the world, the transportation, you know, especially the transition from, you know, the early riding horses to what he envisioned in his lifetime. Yeah. Imagine he saw, you know, from the Model T Ford all the way up to the 1960s, you know, one mile long Cadillac. So he saw a good portion of that in his lifetime. Well, he was right. When you think about different things over the course of mankind, the automobile really did, in my opinion, make one of the biggest impacts because I, I've said this before you think about the fact that people can be mobile and things can be mobile it wasn't too long ago that let's take food for instance food you could only get food that was fresh from the areas around you because they couldn't transport it fast enough or keep it cool so that you could have things from far away now I've, I've said this on my show before. This morning I had blueberries from Peru. Uh, I had bananas from Madagascar. <laughs> Who knows where they're from? Wow. Uh, you know, uh, for lunch I might have eaten something that came from Mexico or from the East Coast, or maybe it was fished out of the sea and got here. And the fact that all these things eventually end up on wheels and end up at your front door or at your grocery store. And now, of course, especially with COVID, the things that get delivered to us today, I live in a cul-de-sac of nine street, nine houses. I see probably at least three Amazon Prime vehicles a day, two FedEx, three UPS, a mail truck, every day on my little street, rolling on yep. wheels. Your, your grandfather was right. Yep, absolutely. And, it, and his, his focus was even the social aspects of it. Oh, God. That, you yeah. know, how... It's it's amazing, and as you know today, uh, he wouldn't believe the number of car shows, the Monterey's, the Barrett Jackson Auto Auctions. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 exploded. It, it and he was an early collector mm -hmm. of items related to automobilia. Yeah. And um, you know, I like to say he was uh, you know five decades ahead of his time. 
Well, no doubt proud of you, and uh, he would have never believed that um, this family member of his has a pretty darn special collection of Hot Wheels. Let me give Bruce an introduction here, and we're going to dive into what Bruce is up to. Sounds like I said he's he's got good genes in his family, and he's carrying on this tradition here. Bruce Pascal has a collection of over 4,000 Hot Wheels cars, including many very rare prototypes. He followed the advice that he shares with clients in his commercial real estate business, of which he's been a veteran practicing for 32 plus years, and he created a 1970s Hot Wheel themed home office. It would have been appropriate for the president of Mattel back in the day. Bruce has the holy grail of Hot Wheels. It's a rare pink beach bomb number one prototype. Only two of these exist in the world that we know of, and he's got the best example. He was featured on the History Channel's Pawn Stars TV show and in other media as well. If you follow Hot Wheels, know about you know about this vehicle and you know about this guy. In addition to his cars, his collection includes rare and original artwork by famed Hot Wheels freelance graphic designer Otto Cooney, packaging, advertising, displays, games, and much much more. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Bruce and play with our Hot Wheels, but first a word from our valued sponsor, so give him a listen, and we will be right back. Get the orange track ready. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, And the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors including the original, their Premier Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. (laughs) 
All right, Bruce, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner, or in this case, maybe bank the orange track a little bit steeper, get those cars going. Uh, I want you to to talk about your life a little bit here and why this passion, we, we heard a little bit about it with your, your relative there, but this passion you have for Hot Wheels, how this thing kind of took off and, oh my gosh, it's gotten out of hand, hasn't it? It certainly has. <laughs> and it all goes back to 1968, the year Hot Wheels were introduced. Mm. And little Bruce Pascal, growing up in suburban Washington, D.C., was seven years old. And I had a couple matchbox before that, which, as you know, barely rolled, barely yep. moved with their steel axles. And uh, up came the Hot Wheels. And of course, I grew up in a, ho- uh, a house with two brothers. So we had the orange track, we had the cars, we had our neighbors. It's very hard to describe the phenomenon and success of Hot Wheels in 1968. But just imagine within a year, as you drove down every gas station, there were signs hanging out gas stations, fill up with eight gallons at every shell, we'll give you a free Hot Wheel. They were advertised on Dole Juice. They had club kits you could send away a dollar. I would say the closest thing the modern era saw was the initial excitement of Beanie Babies. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that, that faded and went away. And Hot Wheels is going strong 52 years later. So in 1999, my mom called me up and she said, I'm cleaning out the house. I found a cigar box. Come home and take it. And I picked up the box and I happened to be with a buddy of mine that day. And I opened it up and there were the leftover Hot Wheels from my childhood. I was 38 years old and there's just something that that sparkled about these special cars, <laughs> the spectra flamed paint colors and pinks and greens and golds and browns, the size of the car. I mean, you can literally hold this 68 Camaro in your hand. And uh, immediately my buddy said, I'll give you $200 for this. I go, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. He goes, I collect those. Uh, I go, seriously? He goes, yeah. So I said, nah, I think I'll keep them. And the next day I woke up and I said, this could be an interesting hobby. I've always collected something in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I collected Tucker automobilia memorabilia at one time, uh, presidential posters uh, for running for offices, you name it, I collected it. Buttons, stamps, coins. And I said, this is something that I actually have an attachment to. Mm. And within a couple months, I started running ads in the newspaper saying, do you have your old Hot Wheels from your childhood? And I was buying Hot Wheels left and right and probably got up to over 2,000 cars within the first six months. Oh, my gosh. And, and that, <laughs> that's how I got started. And, uh, and by the way, since this is a car show and we know there's many gears, if I have eight gears, I only have one gear. It's number eight. You know, I'm, I'm full <laughs> speed. You know, there, there, and there's no even one, two, three clutching to go higher up. I just jumped into eighth gear right away, started reading books and getting educated on the hobby, joining the social chat lines, and it changed my life. Well, no doubt. I mean, it's amazing. And the fact that you just went in head first and got in so deep and so and, and got going. And a lot of us, you know, we, we look at these things. I know I have my Hot Wheels and my Matchbox. I have a lot more Matchbox than Hot Wheels, maybe because of my age. But I know that, uh, you know, Rick Barnett, who was a past guest here, he's the chairman of the Concord Pasadena, introduced me to Bruce. He also introduced me to Neil Giordano, who was on last week, another Hot Wheels collector, and they're doing a special Hot Wheels display at the Concord Pasadena this year where they're getting inviting some special cars and special collections in for for people and I know that 
I think it was Neil that, or it might have been you, one of you two guys, I sent a list of the cars that I had, and a couple of them, it turns out, are a little bit rare. Nothing like the incredible ones that you have that we'll talk about in a minute, but I've got them sitting here uh, because I knew we'd be talking today. One is a very gold Charger, and one is a purple AMX, and you're right. These things, when I look at them now, and I still have the first Matchbox my dad bought me, which was a red Jaguar Coupe. Uh, that I remember the day he bought it. He had just bought a 49 MGTC. We went to the hardware store and he said, hey, would you like one of these? And uh, I think it was a quarter at the time. And then when Hot Wheels came out, I was, uh, let's see, 68, I would have been about 10. So I got into collecting them and then I kind of outgrew them a little bit, but I still have a lot of them. And it turns out that some of these cars are worth a few bucks, which is kind of surprising to me because they made so many. So let's talk about special cars. And I mentioned one in particular I know everybody wants to hear about, and that is this uh, Beach Bomb, this pink one. Tell me about that. How did you come to acquire that and what makes it so unique? Great question. When I was growing up and I collected coins, one day I read about an auction for an 1804 silver dollar, which is the holy grail silver dollars. So I ran downstairs to my dad and I said, dad, you should buy this coin. He goes, well, how much is it? And I said, I think they said $100,000. My <laughs> dad gave me a look and like, go back and eat the rest of your Pop-Tarts, okay? Yeah. yeah. Then, then years later, there was an upside down stamp, which is one of the rare stamps. And I said, dad, we should buy this. How much is that? They said $200,000. <laughs> and he said, go eat the other half of the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> yeah. And all my life, I recognized as a collector that every hobby has a holy grail. Mm. You know, it's like a baseball card has a holy grail. Cars have the super Ferraris and artwork has the Picassos. And I picked up the newspaper one day and it was an article that said the rarest Hot Wheel in the world just sold for $72,000. The owner, a guy named Chris, went out and bought a Dodge Viper. And I went home and told my wife, I said, you know what? I wish I had bought in that car because it's not a million dollars. I, you know, I can afford it. I could have done it. I, I, I'm so upset I didn't get it. And then a month later, another newspaper ran the same article with a small comment at the end. The deal has not been concluded yet. Mm. So I said, how do you find a guy with the name, you know, Chris Marshall? There's probably what, like 20,000 of them in the United States. <laughs> yeah. So I called the author of the newspaper article. He said, look, I'm not allowed to put you in touch directly, but I'll give him a call. What's your interest? And I said, I'm highly interested in buying this car. And then Chris and I contacted each other. We did two months of negotiations back and forth. And he flew into Washington, D.C., and I bought that car. Wow. And that truly was a milestone day in my lifetime of collecting Hot Wheels because I never recognized all of the uh, accoutrements that come with owning a holy grail of a hobby. And that included being invited to the Peterson Museum to display my car there as the centerpiece of their Hot Wheels exhibit and Mm -hmm. being invited to meet Richard Petty for a dinner one night, uh, uh, being a guest of of Mattel to watch the Indy 500, the opportunity to buy one of the special Hot Wheels, special Camaros that ran the track, Mm -hmm. which I bought. So it, it changed my life. So I think it was the best decision I ever made in my life was buying that pink rear load beach bomb. Wow. That is absolutely fascinating. And you know, I, now all of us folks out there who love collecting cars, real cars, Hot Wheels, whatever, thinking, what did your spouse have to say about this? 
Well, I have the world's greatest wife. <laughs> I, obviously. She, <laughs> she basically says to me, will you be happy? Mm. And I said, yes. And then she may say, will you be happy when I redo the deck or buy new furniture? So, <laughs> you know, she's actually just so wonderful. And you know what? Nothing's better when you have a hobby than when you have a good partner or a spouse. Of course. And yeah. uh, she's so supportive of this because she recognizes hobbies can bring so much enjoyment to people. Mm -hmm. And if happy wife, happy husband, happy husband, happy wife, and that's the secret of our great marriage. And uh, she's extremely supportive. Well, that's wonderful. And by the way, if you walk around my house, you can't even tell I collect Hot Wheels unless you go to this one room. The one room. But you let me do whatever I want to that one room. You know, <laughs> that's how it works. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I think that's absolutely awesome. Let's talk about some of the other unique models you have, because obviously I'm guessing that with Hot Wheels, what makes things and I'm going to take the value out of this and, and use the word collectible because everyone always puts money on this stuff. And I don't like to do that. I like to just say what what makes it valuable to people, even when it comes to cars. Well, rarity, colors, other things, is model year yep. specific, things like that. So what are some of the other Hot Wheels that you have that maybe some listeners out there are listening going, well, I got to dig through my cigar box. I wonder if I have one of those. So I'll talk first on the general rarity. And just like baseball cards, where people want to get like one, every player from one team, because Hot Wheels would make cars in multiple colors and many times multiple interiors, mm -hmm. there are various checklists out there. Mm. And like everything in life, everybody buys the green Camaro, the, the gold Camaro, the brown Camaro, you know, the blue Camaro. And then they realize, uh-oh, I don't have a brown Camaro mm -hmm. or I don't have, I don't have a pink Camaro. And the reason is they made less of them mm. for, for, for various reasons. It could have been an accidental, you know, short run of paint, or they may have only done brown Camaros for display cases. And then when collectors desperately want those, you can't take the money portion out because that's when people pay, you know, top dollar to get these rare cars. But most of those cars that are extremely valuable are what we call prototypes, are, are Hot Wheels the only made for unique circumstances? Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you one of my favorites. Have you ever walked into McDonald's and you see a picture of a hamburger on the wall? Is that hamburger not perfect? And then when they give it to you and you un unwrap it, <laughs> it doesn't look anything like that <laughs> photograph that was on the wall. Like have you ever had that experience? Yeah, maybe once or twice. I, I don't eat there anymore, but uh, yeah, many times you go, what happened? <laughs> and it looks like it was stepped on. But yep. uh, oh, yeah. So Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels had the same issue. When they wanted to make TV commercials, they realized if the regular Hot Wheel ran down the track, hey, it was nice and it was pretty, but it didn't have that real sparkle. So when the first Hot Wheels were being made in the Hong Kong plant, they asked those cars to be chromed mm. like Christmas ornaments first. Mm -hmm. And then they were painted. Oh. And in the hobby, we call these over chrome cars. Now they were released later and they made millions of 1970 versions, et cetera. But in 1968, I venture less than 40 of these are known in the world of various models. Wow. And not only is the car on the top sparkle in a beautiful color, orange, blue, light green, you know, what we call antifreeze, you know, or gold, they look beautiful from the top, 
But if you turn the car over on the bottom, it looks like a mirror. Now, those cars, generically, I know you said don't talk about the money, but if you find one, they're probably worth at least $10,000 or more. Wow. And many times twenty dollars or $30,000. So here, people are paying more money for a toy car than they're paying. And by the way, there are loads of buyers out there that would love to get one of those for their collection. Yeah. And I have several of them, and they're just absolutely stunning. They, they look like jewelry, mm-hmm. if the best way, or a Christmas ornament. So that's an example of one rare car. And then I'll give you one more example. Yep. Mattel every year had to come out with a catalog. But guess what? When they're making the catalog for the 1969 cars, how do they take a photo of that car if it hasn't been made yet? So Mattel would hand carve a car at a resin and paint it. And then they would take that car for the catalog. So if you went and found the Mattel catalog for 1969, and there was this cool car with twin engines in the front called the Twin Mill designed by Ira Guilford, the actual car used is a blue resin of a car Mm. that I have in my collection. And it's made out of resin. It's not the real car, but it was used for the catalog. We call those catalog cars. Mm -hmm. So those are two examples. And interestingly enough, if you study baseball cards, the rarest baseball cards called Onus Wagner, and it's so valuable because there were cigarette cards and he didn't want to be associated with cigarettes. So they have stories. So Hot Wheels, very similar. The most valuable cars are cars that have unique stories attached to them. You know, you think about Jay Leno, one of the things, his, his rule is if he buys a car, it has to have a story attached to it. That's what makes it special. Absolutely. And it has to drive. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's that way for us. Well, it's fascinating. We're going to take a short break here. We come back. I'm going to talk a little bit about how do people listening start to learn more about this if they want to get into the hobby or if they have some cars and they don't want to just give them away. They might be worth something or maybe there's a collector that might want those. So sit tight and we'll be right back. We're talking Hot Wheel Cars with Bruce Pascal today. What fun. We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. If people are now wanting to go look through their collection or call mom and say, hey, could you go up in the attic and and so forth, are there places that people can go to learn more about what they have if they want to start collecting or if they want to sell the cars that they have so they get a fair price? 
Absolutely. There are books out there, multiple books that tell you the value. There are internet sites that give you the value. But the easiest way right away is to look your car up and look at the bottom and get the name and then type in eBay what that car is. Mm -hmm. So you said you had a gold charger. Yeah. You type in eBay. You type in eBay right now. You're going to see a bunch of gold chargers, maybe one, maybe three at any one time. Now, you don't go on eBay by what somebody's asking. So if somebody says $600, don't assume your car is worth 600 because there are a lot of people who always think their cars are worth more than and they ask too much money. There's a button on eBay called Sold, Completed Auctions. Push that button, and then you'll see all the gold chargers that sold in the last 30 or 60 days. And some people actually pay for a service to go back a year. So you can really look for all the gold chargers. And you may see one gold charger that was in a package, never opened, sold for $600. One like yours in good shape may sell for $200. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can start learning about the value. Hot Wheels has its own wiki service. Uh, you can Google Hot Wheels wiki, gold, you know, Dodge Charger, mm-hmm. uh, custom charger. And then you can read who was the designer, what's the story, what was the car based on. And you can start educating yourself. I love it when I see a collector who really wants to learn about the hobby. Mm -hmm. And then once he learns about the charger, he'll say, Hey, how many colors did it come in? How many interiors? And then you can actually become an expert on that casting. And our hobby is filled with many types of experts, casting collectors, collections over certain years. I'm an expert in 1969, but I couldn't tell you much that goes on in 1997. And then you can start also, uh, uh, joining Facebook clubs, mm-hmm. you type in Redline, the word Redline or the word Blackwall. That, that determines the types of years of Hot Wheels. And the next thing you know, you're going to meet a whole world of thousands of people on the internet posting pictures, asking questions, and you're learning about the hobby. But warning, it will change your life because <laughs> all these people then become your friends yeah. all the way around the around the world. It's an amazing hobby. It's really, really cool. Now, I always ask guests about a big challenge. Can you talk about maybe one vehicle in your collection that was a big challenge to get your hands on? Maybe this is one you really wanted. Maybe it's one that has some interesting story to it. So one of the things I did, and one of the reasons I was able to collect so many rare cars 20 years ago, was I became friends with the president of Mattel alumni. Hmm. and he and I befriended each other and I ended up buying his cars. And uh, I realized after I bought one of the cars three weeks later that I didn't know it was worth more than I paid him. And I felt guilty. So I sent him another check for $500. Nice. Well, I didn't know this. I, well, I, it was the honest thing to do because yeah. I didn't know this particular car was worth a thousand dollars. So I only only given him like a hundred or $200 for it. So he was so impressed that I had done that without asking. He then started calling up some of his former Mattel employees and I started interviewing them. And I interviewed over 400 former employees in Mattel to eventually help me write a book on the history of, of Hot Wheels and how they were made. And over the years, people would tell me various stories. And there was one car that intrigued me. They told me how the R and D department had to constantly think of what could they do to help sell more cars. So do you remember years ago, there were Cox airplanes. You would fly them around in a, in a string going around in a circle oh, with a sure. gas motor. Remember those? Yeah. Someone, someone came up with the idea. Could they put a miniature gas engine into a Hot Wheel <laughs> and would it run and would it, would it sell? 
<laughs> think of all the parents. Yeah. So believe it or not, one of the engineers, I was told, put a miniature gasoline engine in a Lincoln Continental. Which And why they picked the Lincoln Continental? It was the biggest Hot Wheel ever made, the yeah. longest one. And I decided to search for it. No luck, no luck, no luck. And then one day, five years later, a guy called me up and I asked after the interview, did you keep any cars? He goes, well, strange enough, I took over a guy's desk named Lester Storm and I opened up the drawer and there's this weird Hot Wheel with a gasoline engine in it. (laughs) I said, said, are you kidding me? I flew out the next weekend and bought the car. Wow. And literally to California from D.C., but it has a sad ending. I ended up trading the car for something I wanted even more to another collector. And then he was convinced by another collector, let me get the car running and I'll take a video. And sure enough, when they tried to do it, the car literally blew up oh, and no. destroyed itself. Oh, the no. gasoline, it burned and, and, yeah. and it's a destroyed car today. So talk about a, star, a strong start, a great middle and a bad ending. <laughs> a oh my God. That is a wild, that's crazy. That's a wild story. Well, I ask guests about bucket list items. Is there a car out there that you've been looking for forever? Uh, you mentioned one there, but you found it and had it for a while. But is there one you really like to get your hands on, whether it's super valuable or not, just maybe a snipe for you? There's one car left that I will consider my goal of collecting completed. Oh. And we talked about the overchrome cars mm-hmm. and a, a young woman discovered from an estate sale going to somebody's house. It's called a strawberry color open hood scoop Mustang. I know I'm giving you a lot of descriptive <laughs> w- words. The first hoods they made for the Mustang Hot Wheels, they punched two holes so you could see the engine. Mm-hmm. And then Mattel realized, wow, we can't make a lot of Hot Wheels if we have to keep punching holes. We can make millions more if we skip that process. So 99.9% of the Mustangs you buy from 1968 have a solid hood. But mm-hmm. a few rare ones have an open hood. Ah. Well, this one is not only the open hood, but it is also that strawberry overchrome color. Wow. And this young woman said she would sell it to me one day, but she's having too much joy holding it right now. <laughs> so yeah. that is my ultimate car that I want and covet. Uh, as I'm sure every one of your car fanatics covet things, I covet it and I admit that. Well, at least you know where it is and perhaps one day she'll be ready to let that go and you can add it to your collection. But uh, fascinating backstory on the hoods and the scoops and the reasons and the whys and all these different things. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And I do like to ask my guests about a special vehicle. Now, obviously, I would think that that one beach bomb is a bit of that story for you as a special vehicle most obviously but we've already heard the story so is there maybe another special vehicle story in in your collecting world so i'd say the next one is that's really up there for me and they're super hard to find but get this Mm -hmm. today design a car they use a computer yeah and so do you remember before they were making a real car what would they make first clay model hint clay yeah they would make a clay model yeah and from that they would you know get the lines and curves and make the mold well on hot wheels back in 1968 and 69 and 70 in the early days when there were no computers they would actually have to hire somebody to make a wood carving of the actual car Ooh. 
and they called it four times scale. So I'm looking in my desk right now at my office and I have a glass top and I'm staring at the wood model of the Ford Maverick mm. of the special, you know, wood model of a, of a short order and a large charge, all these great cars. And these cars were carved by hand. I was told it took 200 to 400 man hours oh to make it perfect, to make it perfect. And then Thomas Jefferson, I think, invented a machine called the pantograph. So these were made a foot long. And then the pantograph machine would then use the lines and go over it and then go to one fourth scale. Yes. And that made the one sixty fourth scale Hot Wheels. Ah. So apparently at a certain time when Mattel closed the factory, one employee told me that people would take them home and throw them in their fireplace and watch these wood things oh, burn. Oh, no. Oh, I know. <laughs> But I have a few of those super, super great, rare, you know, four-time molds, including a car called the Bifocal, which is, you know, like a Dodge Challenger that's extended. And um, they're super rare. I love them. They have a great story. And when anybody sees it, I have a Ferrari 328 model. They're like, what is that? And it's a beautiful piece of wood artwork, to say the least. Ah, some magnificent. Yeah, when you think of it, it's, it's kind of like the old Disney cells that were just thrown in the trash that are highly collectible now that some people were digging out of the back lot of Disney going, these are kind of cool, that they just tossed. So I, I had no idea that they did those old wood carvings. Now, I asked my guests this very unique question, and that is I try to get in their head a little bit. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why? And this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality. Let's take it to the... Hot Wheels level. So if you had to pick one Hot Wheels model that displays what you are, who you are, your personality, you're very much a go-getter, hard driver, you jump in head first, which one would it be and why? You know, that's a great question. Easier to pick for a real car. Of but course. <laughs> for a Hot Wheel, yeah, for a Hot Wheel, I would probably say the Twin Mill. Mm. In 1968, all the Hot Wheels made were based on real cars or show cars that had made the circuit. And then in 1969, they tasked Ira Guilford to design a car from scratch. Now, is that amazing? But a lot of the designers were former car designers. Uh, Harry Bradley came from Chevrolet and designed the first Hot Wheels. So Ira Guilford came up with this car. You know, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's wedge shape. It's beautiful. It's almost like an elongated Tesla, but it has a airplane style cockpit mm-hmm. that literally opens up and then closes. Although the real Hot Wheel didn't open up. It had twin mill, two large engines in the front. And it's everything about a car that you would dream of, you know, a cockpit as opposed to just regular seats. Yeah. You know, strong horsepower with these, you know, 1,000 plus horsepower engines. And then at the same time, I like to say like a Maserati, it had a beautiful design that was aerodynamic. So to me, that has everything. It has beauty, fun, and, and power, all three together. Of course, I'm not that beautiful or powerful, <laughs> and I'm certainly not a jet fighter. But uh, so it's everything I wanted to be to answer your correct your question directly. Yeah, I know that. I've got two of those, actually. Yep. Yeah, I thought they were so so cool when I was little. Like, what is this? And, you know, if one engine's good, two is better. So 
I like it. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice answer to that question. You mentioned the book that you did. Is that book still available? The book is called Hot Wheels Prototypes. Pretty original name, isn't it? <laughs> well, hey, it explains what it is. I have a good friend named Mike Zarnock, who I'd like to consider as an expert for almost all the later cars going up to today. Mm. And I like to consider myself an expert in the earliest days of Mattel production and the early years. So I worked with him to put this book together mm -hmm. and uh, it, I'm very happy with it. I'm done my first printing and sold 2000 books. Wow. And now I'm in the second second run. Yes, pretty excited about it. Well, that's that's awesome. You know, as we were thinking about this, the twin mills I have, I have a green one and a purple one. Purple's uh, more valuable and purple's just such a beautiful color, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh kind of in fact, I have a couple. It's interesting that AMX I told you about is purple, but I also have a a hot rod, kind of looks like a 30s Ford or something like that with an open engine uh with a black area on the top and that one's purple too. So. That's a Vicky. Vicky, there you go. Yeah, that's what that was Ford, called. Ford Vicky, yep, absolutely. Yeah, some 36, I think it was a 34 or 36. Uh, I'm having a mental breakdown, but it's a, a 1930s Ford Vicky, and there's actually a rare variation. Uh, I don't want to get too technical, but even a car like that, they made it with the suspension in the front open, and, and, and collectors go crazy for that rare version that was found. Wow, um, very cool. And a lot of times it may have been Mattel was just making the car and the mold broke. And mm. then the second version was was slightly different. Yeah. And that anytime you can add a story to a Hot Wheel, it, it, it increases the collectability. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take one more short break and we're going to come back and go on what I call the ultimate drive. But we're going to do it Hot Wheel style. So sit tight. We'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah, and I know that women make great techs. That's why I support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Techs Rock initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. So we're back. So the way I do this ultimate drive is I ask people to pick the vehicle 
who they're going to be with, where they're going to be driving. Now, since we're talking Hot Wheels today, we'll put the Hot Wheels spin on this thing. So let's say I was going to come over and we're going to play with some Hot Wheel cars, okay? So which which two cars would you pick? We'll set up the orange tracks all through your house. Your wife might be out shopping, so she won't know. (laughs) We'll have these tracks running all through your house. What are the two vehicles... You're going to pick for us to have some fun. Obviously, old Hot Wheels. They got to be some old, fun Hot Wheels. And I'm over there visiting with you today. So what are you going to pick for us to play with? Well, I'm going to pick two cars. Yeah. One, of course, is the 68 Camaro, one of the most iconic, well-known design cars in the world. And it's a beautiful Hot Wheel. And the second one I'm going to pick, it's a lesser-known car, and it's called the Noodle Head. The Noodle Head? Yep. It has all these chrome exhaust pipes on the top. Oh. Now, why am I going to pick that car? I'm going to tell you a little secret. Okay. It's the, it's the heaviest Hot Wheel ever made, and it wins every race. <laughs> every race. <laughs> ah. So I was going to be a nice guy and tell you, look, I'll give you the Camaro. It's prettier. It's more aerodynamic. <laughs> let's put $50 on the race. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. And I'll take the noodle head. The so, noodle head's the, the, the ringer. Head, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody, when they're... Um, we have conventions and they have races and everybody always tries to race those noodle heads. They're one of the fastest cars you can get. Well, it's like a piece of lead sliding down. There's a little scoop but yeah, I, for I, you. I, but I, I think the fun thing about Hot Wheels is why limit yourself to two cars. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's just to look at the Hot Wheels that are on a wall that are multiple colors, and the beatnik bandits and the custom fleet sides and the chaparrales and the police cars and the fire engines. It's, it's uh, literally, if you go to a, a real car show, don't you love when you walk out in a field and you see like hundreds of cars of different variety? Oh, yeah. That's the same feeling when you go to and visit a collector that you just look at the wall and it's like a car show. And it's super hard to find these in mint condition from the early days. So when you find a beautiful car, it's hard to describe the joy you can get out of that car is it's beautiful. Yeah. the One of my Redline Hot Wheels is an orange Camaro with the, the engine open, no hood on it. Yep. That's called the Heavy Chevy. The heavy shell. Well, that makes sense. I like it because yeah. it's the color of the Porsche Turbo I have, which is a kind of a rare, really rare, unique uh, metallic orange color. So maybe that. And I was, who doesn't love an uh, older Camaro? I mean, they kind of just stand out. So it reminds me of a really fun story about Mattel mm-hmm. that they were one of the first companies that hired two way mirrors to watch the kids play with certain cars. Really? And they would go in the room and they had one woman at Mattel and her job was to come up with creative names. So for example, I saw a list of names instead of the school bus. And I'm going to tell you how they finally spelled the school bus. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. S apostrophe (laughs) C-O-O-L bus. The cool bus. Yeah. (laughs) But they had a list of names, purple, pupil, eater, you know, and they had a whole list of names and they would go with the kids and ask the kids, what do you think of this name? And they would test the kids. So they would come up with heavy Chevy. Uh, they, they were going to call the, the noodle head Chrome Dome, but the kids like noodle head. Noodlehead. So that's yeah. how Hot Wheels got all their names. They had one woman who was in charge of coming up with creative names. Wow. Well, I've got to ask you before I let you go here about one that was always my favorite. I didn't care for the color. It was metallic brown. It was called the Torero. Yes. Do you know anything about that? Because it, it doesn't look like any production car, but it kind of looks Italian and Corvette, Ferrari maybe. But I never liked the color, but I liked the, the shape. 
Well, first of all, the brown color is more valuable. You should get to know that, okay? Okay. Well. Because a lot of people didn't like it and threw them away. Yeah. <laughs> but there's an interesting story. Okay. Do you remember they made the Dodge Charger in 1967, and then they changed to a new style in 1968? Yeah. Dodge had a car that was a show car called the Charger 2. And my understanding was the Torero is sort of a knockoff of the Charger 2. Oh. And Matchbox made their version also of that car that came out. So that was a version of the show car, uh, of course, you know, modified slightly. But it was a possible version of what a, a Dodge Charger would have looked like in the future and another ramification. Well, thank you for enlightening me to that because uh, all these years, even when I pull these out, I, I always look at that one going, that was always my favorite. But why couldn't they have done it in a cooler color? But now I know that it's a unique color, so bonus. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they did make it in multiple colors, just so you know. Okay. Uh, they, they they made greens and you know blues and browns and, and, and the most valuable is a hot pink, of course. Hot pink. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have picked that as a kid, but uh, I can imagine. Well, listen, you know, I could talk Hot Wheels with you forever, Bruce. You've taken us on a wonderful, wonderful ride today. Before I let you go, is there maybe a parting word of wisdom or a thought when it comes to collecting Hot Wheel cars that you could leave us with? Well, I'm going to go back to a statement you said earlier. Don't collect this to think you're going to make money. Mm -hmm. Collect it because you have a connection and a passion. Don't get in the hobby and just start buying everything every week they're selling at Walmart or Target or one of these stores and just saying, I want to own a thousand Hot Wheels. It's better to, for you to have a connection. So if your father was a police officer, why don't you buy all the different versions of police cars they made? Mm. If your father was a trucker, you know, buy the truckers. If you love Ferraris, try to buy every Ferrari every made or every Corvette every made. Find your specialty yep. and learn your expertise. Don't just go in to buy to buy because one day you're going to look in a room and your spouse is going to look at you and say, why do we have 28,000 Hot Wheels? <laughs> exactly. And by the way, 4,000 Hot Wheels is not a lot compared to a lot of collectors out there I would uh, because I would rather have seven cars with great stories than 700 cars that have no stories just to have 700 cars. Well, there you so go. That's my philosophy. Be an expert and collect what you love. It's the same for Real Cars listeners. You've heard it from many, many guests here. It's great advice. Bruce, is there a way people can follow you? Do you play on social media? Do you have a website? Sure. Well, I have uh, Instagram, and my hashtag is Pink Beach Bomb. <laughs> and I try to put, I try to put a, a new Hot Wheel up every other day, usually rarer ones. And if you go to my information page on Pink Beach Bomb, You'll see my email, alpascal at aol.com. I guess that ages me. I still have AOL. <laughs> yeah. Bottom line is connect with me anytime you want. Ask me a question, and, uh, and I try to be pretty responsive. And I love talking to collectors, especially collectors all around the world, and whether it's Philippines. I actually had a collector from Iran connect with me the other day. Wow. An Iranian Hot Wheel collector. So wow. it's amazing. Yeah. So it's a great hobby. And uh, I got to tell you, I had a really great time, Mark. Thank you so much. Oh, Bruce, this is so much fun. I feel like a little kid again. As soon as we're off the phone, I'm going to go play with my cars. I think I want to do a shout out again to Rick Barnett. He's the chairman of the Concord Pas Pasadera. He uh, introduced me to Bruce, and you can go back and um, check out his uh 
his page, listen to his show. And uh, remember, if you're going to be down during car week uh, in that area, check out the Concord Pasadero. They're going to have some Hot Wheel cars on display there for you to see. Uh, you can go to their website. I'll put a link to that. If you have some unique cars you think, you can ask them if you can be in the show. And if they pick your cars, you can uh, actually be in the show. Isn't that cool? Bruce, this was so much fun. Thank you for sharing your time, your expertise, and, and your passion for Hot Wheels cars that so many of us have. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.